Welcome to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. My name is Sandra, and I'm the virtual mom bestie you didn't know you needed. Grab a cup, make yourself comfortable, and allow me to spill the tea on motherhood. Welcome back to the My Best Mom Friend Podcast. I am so excited about this episode. I feel like every episode is my favorite when it's time to launch it right after I record it. But this one, this one I truly feel like has been one of my favorite conversations that I have had on here with a guest. I am talking to my virtual mom friend, Jolene. Jolene focuses about conscious parenting on her Instagram page and through her courses. And we connected because... I became a mom and was trying to figure out my parenting style and conscious parenting is what I felt the most comfortable with. It's actually not even one of the four main parenting styles. It is more so a philosophy. So in this episode, we talk all about what conscious parenting is, but we also completely derailed the conversation, but I promise it all ties together We talked about what it's like to reparent yourself, what it's like if you had a challenging childhood and how how that reflects now on your parenting style and and how maybe you want to do things differently, like the importance of really truly showing up for our kids. You know, motherhood is messy. We all make mistakes. It is not about perfection. It's just simply about consciously showing up every single day and if you make a mistake today you know reflect on it and then start over tomorrow it's never too late to do things differently or change your parenting methods so yeah we we touch on our own childhood we touch on parenting and and how we do certain things with our toddlers We touch a little bit on marriage and how all of these things tie together um, with our relationships with our partner, our relationship with our children, and with ourselves, which is one of our most important relationships in life. So I hope that you will enjoy this episode. Let's jump in. I'm sitting here today with Jolene Escat from at mindfulmess.mom. So not that follower count on Instagram really matters, right? But I started following you last year when you had 3,000 followers and then your content about conscious parenting was incredible and absolutely blew up. And I came back a couple months later and you had over 100,000 followers. Clearly, you're making a difference in the parenting space and you're German just like me. We both speak German and we both have toddlers around the same age, which is why we connected and why I love you so much. (laughs) Yeah, I love you too. I'm so happy that we made it now. We've been talking and we're like, we got to put that conversation in your podcast because it's so good. Mm -hmm. So can you briefly introduce yourself to the listeners? Yes, I am Julie Neskett. I'm the mindful mess mom because parenting is messy. As much as we try to be mindful, it will always go back to messy. And a mess is not bad, just like being weird. I love being weird. 
And no matter how much I know the theory, how many people I've coached, how much knowledge I have, I will still be a mindful mess because we have our history, we have our baggage, we have the things that we grew up with, our unconsciousness. And with a mindful mess, we'll just bring in and out and we learn and try over and over again, learn more things to become the parent we want to be without feeling guilty of who we are now, but start loving ourselves right now in this moment. Exactly. And that is such a good way to model that self-love for your kids as well. Yes. Ah. So yes, motherhood is messy, which is what I am constantly talking about. <laughs> like it is not perfect. We are not perfect. We're going to make mistakes, but we are going to take it day by day and do the very best that we can. Exactly. I know this is, I think that's why we connected too, because we know how hard it is and um, there's no way around pretending it's not. Um, but we also decided to show up. I have been more and more shifting myself too, to just telling myself the entire time, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be like, okay, but I'm showing up. Like, because when we say, oh, I'm trying, it can easily be like, well, I tried to do better, but I couldn't today. Instead of like, mm, I'm gonna take responsibility now in front of my child, because I don't know if you've never experienced this, but seeing our parents taking responsibility for when they mess up is something we probably never had. So yeah. I'm saying, I am sorry. I did not want to yell at you. I am taking responsibility instead of just saying like, well, I tried to be nice to you, but you didn't let me. No, we got we to gotta start showing up without hating ourselves for it, but loving ourselves through it. Yeah. And the repairing is so important, that piece. And it's something that you talk a lot about. And as, you know, two now adult women that both had very German um, authoritative mothers. Um, authoritarian. Authoritarian. I always say it wrong. Um, it. You know, I don't know if we got a lot of that. And, and probably most listeners that, you know, are around our age, born in the 80s, 90s, experience the same, you know, more rigid style parenting, all about obedience. And, you know, like, like what you were just saying, like, I hate when people are like, my parents did the best they could with what they had. Like, do you know, do you know what I mean? That's kind of like what you're yeah. saying, like, oh, I tried, but did you try as hard as you really could have? That is the thing. I literally was talking about this with Maggie from Maggie with Perspectacles. Mm -hmm. I love her. To I love her. Um, we were talking about how, yes, our parents tried the very best at the given time. Does that diminish what we've experienced? Not at all. So we can say, okay, you tried, but that was still messed up. That still hurt me. And you can make the decision if you forgive or you estrange maybe even. And I took it a step further the other day saying, yes, you tried. Maybe you were ill-equipped, but what about now? Because mm -hmm. I had that conversation with my parents and it is hard to change that mindset, especially now when you have grown children and you kind of give up the responsibility of parenting. And my mom was just like, well, but now you guys are grown up. 
and it's never too late. Mm -hmm. I have clients that are grandmas and they're doing it for their, like for generations, literally for themselves, yeah. for their child and for their grandchild. So showing up doesn't stop when your kids are 18 and you're like, well, I tried, that's yeah. all I could get. And right. that's it. <laughs> So yeah, and even if your parents now apologize or say, well, I, I wish I could do things differently now if I had the chance to do it again, that that doesn't mean that you like you can forgive them or whatever, but like you're still left with certain maybe traumas or or childhood memories, you know, that you're not so fond of or that have shaped you to be a certain way that maybe is not how you would ideally like to be as an adult, right? Like you can't take it away even though they apologize. Yes, you, you can take it away. And it's now in your hands, like what are you going to do with that information that you have now, the healing that you've gone through and what relationship you want to have now. And I think most of us are like, okay, we're going to try. Like I'm way more aware now. And from my own experience, I thought, oh, I healed so much. Like nothing can face me. And it did. Like I lost it and I was so triggered by it because it's our subconscious mind. That's why healing never stops. It's mm -hmm. just evolving and it depends on the day that you have. And sometimes you're easily triggered with your child or your parents, but it is our responsibility to continue to move on and decide who is in our life and who's not. And if you are maybe thinking about estranging with your parents but you feel like you can't because they're your parents there are a lot of resources out there and therapy is always great you and I we both are fans of therapy talk about it but nothing's wrong with you I just want you to know nothing is wrong with you if you feel like but we should have that relationship and I should be grateful and all that stuff you can be but you also have to be at peace with yeah. yourself yeah and you're allowed to feel how you feel and you are valid in how you feel. And so this is a really big piece that no one talks about. I know that this whole episode is supposed to just be about conscious parenting, but now I feel like we've like opened up this, this Pandora's <laughs> box and it's just, I didn't know that this was going to be something I would experience as a mom, right? Like I did all this therapy for childhood traumas before I had my son. I was like, oh great. Like I'm, I'm ready to be a mom. Like I put all that behind me, right? And so you might think you've healed from all your childhood and your trauma stuff, but then when you become a parent, a mother, it resurfaces. And it's because you're like now seeing things through this new lens, this new vantage point of your child. Um, yeah. So a lot, you know, can resurface and especially like when from going from like infant survival stage to parenting a toddler, like having to actually discipline a little bit and and parenting and figuring out your parenting style and who you are as a mother compared to like who your parents were, you know? Yes. And it's, it has a lot to do with, if you do have childhood trauma, that doesn't mean that you necessarily were physically abused or, right. um, you know, sometimes you just had needs that weren't met in the way that you needed to, that to be met. Mm -hmm. Um, and when you raise your own child now and you're going through all this and going against your nature because your subconscious mind is like, your child just did this, yell at them. 
That is what your your whole being is screaming at you. And you are taking a pause and saying, that's not what I'm going to do. And then learning to unlearn what you've learned, to relearn a new way is so hard. And to stop and say, you cannot throw the ball against the TV. Decide to set a boundary, to guide them and teach them and not punish them. It's so many things that you have to think about. And as a mom, you already think about so many things. And seeing that you are capable of it can get you through the resentment and then grieving that you didn't get that, even though you deserved it. And there's so many steps to it till you actually decide how you're going to move on. And if you feel like you're resenting your parents because you're like, why did I get yelled at? I'm not yelling at my child. Or you're grieving. I'm so sad that I did not receive the cuddle, the love, um, the emotional security. It's it's a whole process. You're yes. really grieving a part of you that's still inside you. You're always a part child. You're always a part teen. You're also still a part of adolescence. That's all inside you. And you're allowed to grieve that part. And we know from experience that it's hard because you're like, how could I ever, you know, hit you if you were spanked maybe or scream and yell at you for being hurt? You understand that your parents were triggered by it from their parents. You understand all yeah. that, but mm -hmm. it still hurts you. Yeah, exactly. And so I am personally healing myself through the way that I parent my child which I think is a really, really beautiful thing. Um, and therapy, like you said, is wonderful. And so the biggest thing that I have learned is that all wounds need to breathe, I guess, right? So you you can't just cover it up with a Band-Aid or, or sweep it under the rug, right? Like you, you have to open your wounds and do the hard work to heal. Um, and it's not easy, but it's some of the most important work, you know, I did all of this healing for the sake of my child, not just for me, but to be the best mom that I can be for my child and and for his, you know, grandbabies, right? Like this this is generational wealth of of how we parent. Yeah. And it's you will still give your child some trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're not we're humans. We all have faults. It then depends on like what we're looking at. How are we going to show up when our kids are grown and are like, this was messed up. You really hurt me when you did this. And I didn't feel seen when you did this. Yeah. Are you going to show up and be like, well, I tried, you know, I did all this conscious parenting and I really tried, but you were not so easy either. <laughs> are you going to be like, I, am I hate so hearing that. <laughs> yeah. Like I here, am karma's a bitch. Like now you get it all as payback. Exactly. But if you continue going through this conscious parenting while your child grows up, you will grow up with them and you will be at the end of it when your child faces you and be like, that was awful. And I have anxiety because of that. That is the reason why I need to go to therapy, whatever. You're going to show up and be like, I am so sorry. I will try to do better from now on. Like it's always what you want to be in the future. And just because you want to be better doesn't mean you're bad now you're good enough now and all the skills that you have now. But striving to be better is also something so exciting. I mean, yeah. we can create 
whoever we want to be, if it's financial wise, parenting wise, relationship wise, or just ourselves. Like, who do I want to be? Do I want this super fit beach babe Barbie? Let me do that. If that is what fulfills me, let's do that. If, yeah. you know, I want to start cooking and I've never cooked, but I really want to be that person, start and get after it. You're allowed to be whoever you want to be and not of what people perceive you as. You yeah. can prove it. And that's, I think, the coolest thing ever. Yeah. And you can be whatever parent that you want to be. So if you have, if you're listening and you have been yelling at your child and, and you feel guilty about it or even hitting, right? Like spanking. And you, that's not what you want to continue to do. Like it's never too late to change the the path and the parenting style. And Yeah. There's yeah, always space for that, that healing and that, um, that repair. Yeah. And it's, if you yell at your child and yes, I have yelled at my child because I was triggered AF and exhausted. And then my husband was annoying and like all the other things that are external mm -hmm. and wanted to blame the external stuff, but it's like my responsibility to take care of it, but you're human. And when I, I'm a, I'm a conscious parent coach and I still get triggered and I yelled at my child the other day and I felt awful afterwards giving myself compassion for understanding that I had a hard day showing up repairing is big part of the conscious parenting and reparenting instead of just shaming myself like oh my god you're an awful parent like how could you you are betraying portraying to be a conscious parent and good on the internet and now you are actually with the mm -hmm. back door you yelled at your child today no give yourself compassion show your child compassion learn ways to regulate and you will do less of it mm -hmm. and you will love it more so instead of the end of the day having this mom guilt and shame feeling of like oh my god I yelled or ignored or spanked or told them get in the car, I'm gonna leave you, like threat, bribery, whatever you think you shouldn't be doing. And you did something else different today than you did yesterday, you're gonna have that feeling at the end of the day, like, oh, I did it. Like this one small step, I did it. Mm -hmm. And I just want everyone to know, no matter how you parent right now, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not failing as a parent. You're here, you're listening, you're learning, you're open for growth. No bad parent ever thought, am I a bad parent? Or good parents ask themselves on a regular basis, am I a bad parent? And bad parents don't ask themselves that. Right, exactly. I always see that quote somewhere on Instagram every couple of days. And so it's, you know, it's also worth mentioning. I don't know if our parents felt this way, but I personally feel like there's a lot of pressure for parents this day and age to get it right. Like now we have all the research of what, you know, what authoritative parenting. Authoritarian. Did I say it wrong again? Authoritarian. <laughs> parenting and spanking and all of that can do psychologically, right? So like we we want to get it as right as possible. And it is a lot of pressure. Like I have spent so many hours reading parenting books and listening to podcasts and all the things you know and and it's also like you said it's important to remember that we are also human and like it's okay like what you your example was like you can have a, a hard day and and maybe snap and be a little more like reactive and it's okay to 
like let your kids know that you're human and that you have feelings and and talk through those feelings, right? Like mommy had a hard day. This is the emotion I'm feeling. And like talk about how maybe what's a better way to handle that emotion, right? And how to let that out. So it's yeah. okay to to share feelings and yeah. What if our children would only see ourselves perfectly conscious the entire time? Always 100% regulated. And then they have those hard feelings and they don't know yet how to regulate. They're going to put us on the pedestal again of just like, I'm not allowed to ever be frustrated. I'm never allowed to be, have a hard day or be tired or lay on the couch or I always have to be productive. We need to be authentic and authentic also means to be just human mm -hmm. and all emotions are valid. And the, the thing is that we have to take the responsibility of learning how to regulate ourselves so we don't let it out on our kids. Mm -hmm. But if you've been programmed by society, your parents, they were they were programmed by society and their parents and they had other pressures. Good kids always listen and always look nice. And then they also have the financial pressure, which we all know too. So there are different pressures. Ours just like the social media that comes on top of it, where you see like, instead of this, do this. And you're just like, oh, I've never done that. Now I got it adapted. Yeah. And you're authentic. Like you're always just like living in the, oh, I remember I should do this. Uh, okay, now I need to do this. Yeah, It feels very automated. So sometimes, most yeah. of the time, just be you. And it starts with reflecting. If you're new to the conscious parenting journey, at the end of the day, you are going to be like, mm, next time I will try to do this. Communicate it with your child. Today I yelled at you. I am sorry I yelled at you. Next time when I'm that frustrated, I'm going to go and drink a water, scream into a pillow, get outside something mm -hmm. Make a plan a for pause you. regulate myself and then come back to you so before you go any further so like let's rewind real quick so can you explain to those listening that aren't aware because there are so many parenting styles and terms thrown around nowadays explain what conscious parenting is and also you know like what it isn't and is it the same as gentle parenting can you can you talk to that yes i can i um I'm sorry, I need to remind myself that I need to slow down. <laughs> Even though I'm German, I'm like talking so fast. No, we have a lot to say and we jumped way in. <laughs> so I, I just know. want to give that quick overview first. Uh, yes, no, I um, would love to talk about it. So they are different parenting styles. The authoritarian, which is the traditional parenting your actions get punishments for example if you don't listen to me you go into timeout and this is a lot what we grew up with um the authoritative which i have a hard time saying is the the gentle parenting the kind parenting respectful parenting it's a parenting style um then there's also permissive parenting which i think a lot of parents who do gentle parenting fall into a lot of times because they're afraid to mess up their kids yeah especially if they go from this traditional harsh parenting into gentle parenting they're just like but where do I draw the line like how much can I still be a um, authority and I have to be gentle so there's a lot of this going on of like juggling where you're going to be um and conscious parenting is actually not a parenting style and I have always a lot of, especially on TikTok, people saying like, what you're doing is 
gentle parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of gentle parenting, it's a how-to, how to talk to your child, how to redirect and how to interact with your child. And conscious parenting is a philosophy of understanding oneself, the way you grew up, why you're triggered by your child's behavior, why what do you why do you want to yell at them when they don't listen to you? Oh, it is because I feel disrespected. And when I was their age and I didn't listen, I got yelled at. So now mm-hmm. I want to yell at them. And it's the understanding of your own behavior while you're parenting. Like you said at the beginning, a lot comes out. Yeah. And you're digging deep. You're really trying to understand your own psychology and their psychology and how it meshes together. And then also your partner, because they might have all their own triggers and wounds and they might have been parented a different way. And then that's a whole nother thing to to come together collectively and have the same or similar parenting stuff. Yes, exactly. There are so many people coming in with their own backpack. Um, But a lot of times, I really want to say this, a lot of times, most of the time, the gentle parents are conscious parents. It doesn't actually matter what you call yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm just freaking excited that you're doing something different. And that is the biggest win that you can have. I think just conscious parenting will make it easier for you in the end instead of just using the scripts of gentle parenting and be like, but why am I so frustrated still and end up exploding at my child? Mm -hmm. So the conscious parenting gives you the why behind it. So do whatever, whatever works for you, gentle parenting, respectful parenting, find a lot of influencers online that you can align with and follow the ones that you're like, that doesn't work for me because your family is different than, than mine, than yours. And it's how you shape your own life with it don't feel the pressure of getting it right all the time no one does no one gets it right all the time because there is no right but the 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 difference is really the philosophy of understanding oneself and the other one is like how to actually parent your child what is what is your thought on that oh I have a lot to say so first of all I think it's really funny what you said because like maybe a year ago or six, seven, eight months ago, my husband, I was telling him like, yeah, like I, I'm a conscious parent. Like that's my parenting style. And he was also doing some research on parenting so that we would align, you know, now that we were in this more like toddler disciplining stage. And he was like, that's not a parenting style. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yes, it is. This is like what I'm basing my entire life around. And he like (laughs) looked it up on Google and showed me this chart. He's like, there's four main legit like parenting styles. And I was like, I don't even believe you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that you you cleared that up. Um, and and like what you said, I think it's important to say that yeah, there are so many like fancy parenting like terms that get thrown around in it. Just like with anything in motherhood or parenthood, pick and choose what pieces work for you. You know, discard the rest. You don't have to perfectly fit into like one bucket of of anything. You know. Yeah. But okay, so to me, conscious parenting is about respecting my child. I think a lot of us didn't have that sort of respect when we were little. It was just about respecting the grownups, right? Um, It's me trying to put myself in his shoes in different situations and scenarios throughout the day and like trying to understand things from his point of view because I logically realize that he doesn't have a fully developed like frontal cortex or whatever, right? Um, 
And so, yeah, so that's important to me. Um, It's about just being like mindful, present, like you said, understanding my triggers and then loving him unconditionally. Like that is so important to me. And it's, I've seen this quote so many times. So it's about never making him work for my love, right? But giving him the space to just rest in my love, which I think is so beautiful. And so my goal one day obviously is to have when he's an adult, have a a beautiful ongoing relationship, but that when he's like in his teenage phase and he has like an oh shit moment, like I'll be his first call or dad will be his first call, right? Because he knows he can be honest with mom and dad and that we can figure whatever it is out together and that we always have his back no matter what unconditionally like that's my goal I love this so much that is and and hopefully to not fuck him up <laughs> I know that, I mean that's our biggest goal and I think no one really thinks about it before they have kids they're just like I hope I'll be able to nurse and like these are really concerns yeah. that are valid yeah. but then you are a parent you're like oh man I really hope I'm not gonna fuck you up I hope you you I will not be the reason you're gonna go to therapy but if you are I'll go with you, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah you mentioned that you are um putting yourself into his shoes and I want to know doesn't it feel like this happens automatically giving that empathy as soon as you see them for who they are, like that they're not as fully developed. As soon as you understand that they're a blank canvas, they actually have no freaking idea what they're doing on this planet. You will have more space for whatever they're going through because you're like, everything seems way harder for them. They have no idea what's going on. Do you feel like that? Yeah. Well, I feel like so many people look at little kids, toddlers, and they're like, oh, like, life is so easy for them, right? They don't have to work yet. They don't have, they have nothing to worry about. They just play all day. And then this might be a a silly example, but I, even when he was younger and not talking like he talks perfectly now, if he was frustrated that I gave him, you know, a banana on a blue plate and not an apple on a green plate, right? And he'd get frustrated like and throw a tantrum. Yes, that is frustrating. You know, it's not fun to, to maneuver around tantrums all day, but I would just tell myself and my husband if he would get frustrated, like, honey, you know, like it would be if if I suddenly couldn't communicate and you gave me the wrong thing that I didn't want, like I would be so frustrated. Yeah, you you see what's going on. And whenever you start projecting it on your life and like the big life thing, you're going to be like, oh, well, that is what it means to them right now. And then it's easier to stay calm and actually meet them where they're at and use this Mm -hmm. moment as like a understanding and guidance yeah um it is I love always to think of like what if I you know like especially punishment if my husband tells me hey can you unload the dishwasher today before I get back from work and I forget and he would be like well you know what you're gonna go straight to bed right now I'd be like (laughs) um fuck you no I'm not Right. So, and it's also about making the the natural consequences make sense, you know, and not something random like, you know. And it's it's not that kids don't get consequences. I, I'm teaching a boundaries class at the moment or about to on June 10th. And um, I honestly am going more and more away from even consequences. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, 
I'm gonna unfollow you because I already went away from punishment and you're gonna tell me now I can't do consequences. And consequences are great, but as soon as we think about it as consequences, it is a punishment. And that's what I've noticed with myself. So I'm like, I'm not doing consequences anymore. I'm not okay. gonna claim them as consequences. I'm gonna use things as teaching moments through boundaries. And yep. if you attended this class or if you're going to you will learn how to help your child go through whatever they're going through without making them do what you want them to. And holding boundaries is so hard because as soon as we don't know how to hold them anymore, we're like, punishment, consequence, mm -hmm. and use this power that we have. So in conscious parenting, there is... There is disciplining, but not in the way of we think of it again. Because as soon as we use words like disciplining, it's like, I got to teach you how to do this. Um, but in like more of a harsh way, if we change discipline into teaching, yeah. all right, you have no idea that we're not going to, you know, paint the walls with your crayons. I'm going to discipline you now, or I'm going to teach you what we can and cannot do. So it's a lot of reprogramming ourselves in our beliefs but kids mm -hmm. are not just gonna you know have anarchy just because we're more aware of what's going on yeah and I think it's important to remember I think a lot of people forget this that discipline I believe is actually defined as teaching but yeah. so many of us think of the word discipline as punishment but it yeah. really does mean to teach it's just kind of this like more negative word now the way that it's it's used but um yeah and we do a lot of like positive reinforcement so like if I don't know if I want him to to clean up more right behind himself like his toys then when he is cleaning willingly on his own you know I I make a point to point that out like hey you know you're cleaning up after yourself after you're done playing that's what we do right we clean up that's you know that's great yeah and I think that can be really helpful. And that's something great in adult relationships too, you know? Like I talk a lot about marriage after baby. And for a while there, I felt like my husband was constantly just telling me all the things I was doing wrong, right? More like negatives, pointing those out. Like you said, oh, you didn't empty the dishwasher again. Like, great. Like, oh, you, you know, you didn't vacuum. Yeah. You've been so busy with your Instagram. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and I know. <laughs> It's been like really bogging me down. And finally, he was like, you know what? Yeah, this is not good. I do need to just tell you more positive things you do. So now I hear a lot more of like, when he's talking to my son, you know, in front of me, he'll be like, oh, Xander, you know, mommy's so creative with the activities she plans for you and like things like that. And that makes me so happy. Like it almost brings me to tears to hear. And imagine. that's how I parent too, you know? And it's something it's all about connection it's if let's say I was at that place too where my husband came home and I started mindfulness mom as a business and I was so busy with this business because I was a full-time stay-at-home mom and I had the yeah. pressure I need to be present and I need to be you know I want to be present and then I have to work so there was a lot of stuff that did not get done and my husband sometimes didn't even say anything and I was just like oh my god I'm in trouble and that is our subconscious mind from back in the day. If we did not clean our room, even though nothing was said, we're like, oh my God, I'm in trouble. I'm scared now. What's going to happen next? Jolene, I have to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I 
you are saying subconsciously, but I was verbally saying that to my husband. I would be like, oh, I guess I'm in trouble now. And he, I would say it so often that he finally stopped me when I started my, all this therapy I've been doing for the last three months. And he was like, you revert to these childhood things when I say something like that I don't like or that you should have done and you didn't do. And it, it is this reparenting, which you need to define that for everyone too. But it is like, I had to kind of grow up my little girl, my inner child to feel like an equal with my husband, like an equal yes. partner. I didn't realize this before we had a child. Like I felt very equal in our marriage. And then we had a child and I felt like a little girl again too, along with my child. And yeah, it is. Reparenting has has been amazing for me and for my relationship with my husband and the way that I parent my child. Yes, it's it's so true. It's like what we, what we grew up with. And then especially as women, unfortunately, we're still a minority of equality. Um, and when that comes out, we feel like, oh, okay, maybe we need to obey our partners now. And we're only a good partner or like, what am I doing all day anyways, if I'm at home, if you're a stay-at-home parent or working from home parent. Um, and then we feel like we need to justify it and make it better the next time. But we do it better the next time because we're anxious and scared of getting in trouble instead of coming home and the kitchen is clean or whatever it is. Really, it has anything to do with with in life. And someone comes around and says like, oh, my God, this kitchen looks amazing. It was that you must have put so much work in it. And you're going to be like, I did you know you're gonna be like I did and I'm acknowledged and I'm appreciated and our kids are the same way and it's not about behaviorism which is another big word I'm throwing out here where it's like um you're a good boy for picking up after you it's like thank you for pick uh, thank you for picking up the ball it's not like intentionally pressing this behavior that we want yeah. on top of our kids, but acknowledging them, mm -hmm. seeing what they do good or, you know, what they've been working on or do something, especially when we did not tell them, but we love it. And we're like excited about it. Yeah. Tell them, Thank you so much for helping me clean the dishwasher. I really appreciate you. Instead of like, you're a good boy. Good girls don't throw balls. Like this is behaviorism. This is again pushing our kids into what we want them to be. And right. Something happens with with the punishment, but it all has it all connects. Like all it of it. All does connect. And for me, a big part of conscious parenting too is empowering my child. So that can be something as simple like we're very Montessori, and that doesn't just have to mean wooden toys, right? Like that can be letting him help around the house. That. To some parents, that might be like, oh, my God, you give your two-and-a-half-year-old chores? Like, no. I simply am emptying the dishwasher, doing the laundry, and I ask him, like, hey, do you want to come help me? And he feels so excited to get to help me, like, pretend fold laundry. Like, it usually ends up taking twice as long because he'll unfold something I already folded. But it, it's bonding while still getting things done around the house, and he's learning and yeah, I got it. Now I got to interrupt you because full circle moment here. Yeah. Someone maybe think, oh my God, you give your child chores. That means chores, word that we do not like. I have to do something that I don't want to do. Kids don't think of that as chores. They have no idea. Blank canvas. 
dishwashers needs to be emptied, we're going to empty it. Cool. That's fun. That's why it's important to have our kids included in our entire daily life, going shopping, letting them be part of the shopping, the laundry. If we make them do the things like you have to clean up the dishwasher now because you have to help in this house uh, you know we're providing you with the roof whatever it is we have in our mind chores is something not so great if we start early teaching them this is a part of our daily life they don't even think of it as chores they're just going to be like this is normal this is what we do yeah we help like we're a part of this family, right? And kids don't, they play. Like when we unload the dishwashers, it's like plate in, plate out, plate in, plate out, plate in. Like mm -hmm. I do it at the end of the day by myself, but he's a part of it. He wants to hang out with me because I'm so cool. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what they think. They want to hang out with us. Yeah, my son loves it. And so like growing up for me, I was never allowed to help with anything. My mom was always worried I would... I, like once I was a little bit older, right? Like I, she was afraid that I would turn all the laundry pink or she never had the patience to let me help with cooking because it took too long. And it, and that's the thing. It's like you have to remember that every single day is their childhood. Like every little day, not just these big fun weekend moments, but every tiny little day and moment makes up their childhood and every day and moment counts. Yes, and every moment can be a teaching moment. Like your mom was scared, probably like in survival mode. Oh my God, what if everything turns pink? And it's <laughs> a scarcity. So instead of teaching you how to do it right, let you fail and teach you afterwards how to do it right. She was too scared that she let go of that control of having it perfect. Yeah. Which comes from her childhood 100% to always be right. If she, she's German, I know she is. So mm -hmm. it's like... Mm -hmm. This needs to be like this. And if it's not, it's wrong. Okay. And we can use and implement that. And it has to laugh so hard because now still when I want to in, like load my dishwasher or my parents' dishwasher, me and my dad, if we do it together, my mom comes afterwards and rearranges it. She also cleans before the cleaning lady comes in. But it's also it has something to do with her own anxiety. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just Germans. If anyone is listening, let us know. Yeah. But this is something where it's, we need to let go of because that's what we yeah. believe too. Like when my husband wanted to do the dishwasher and I was like, this is not how it goes. Letting go of that anxiety. And right. Like, this will still work. Yeah. There could still be eight more plates in it, but this will work. Yeah. And it's going back to motherhood is messy and that's okay. Let, let your kids be little, let them get messy. Let them, let them play. Like my son spills something or drops something. No big deal. Like, let me again, teachable moment. Like here's, here's a rag for you. Here's a rag for me. Let's clean it up together. You're not in trouble because you, you spilled something. And it's so strange to me because he reacts like he's going to be in trouble. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it, makes me feel so awful because I'm like, you don't live in a house where you get spanked or yelled at for that. Like, it's it's kind of weird that his innate response is very like, oh my gosh, I did something wrong, you know, when I'm How always like, baby, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> How do you, when something goes wrong, like you drop something or you break something or when you're around friends and something happens, do you apologize a lot? No, I am not a people pleaser. I'm working on it still. 
minute. But this is something sometimes that they think and kids see on the outside, you know, like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I have to say, being a German living in America, there's a lot of I'm sorry's mm -hmm. like in this country. Yeah. Not in a bad way. Like I love it and I needed to learn this, like even apologizing. But this is something where like you do, you just you know reassure them that's fine it happens yeah you clean it up and then you know it's not like he has anxiety but he's like oh man I made a mistake I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah yeah and he has been apologizing a lot which is it's I don't know if this is something he's like learning at school or what's going on and I'm always like baby you don't have to apologize like I'll say something like oh my package didn't arrive today and I thought it was going to come here today and he's like oh I'm sorry mommy and I'm like why are you sorry you don't have oh. anything to apologize for so He's also just very sensitive, which brings me to, I know we wanted to touch on raising emotionally intelligent children. Yes, that will fit perfectly what I just came to my mind. Because Jean and I, Jean is my husband and I were talking about it because one of the reels that I was posting, I said, I'm sorry because I buckled him in and he didn't like it. And people were like, you don't have to apologize. That was a boundary it's not that I'm apologizing for the boundary that I'm setting. And I bet you, you are the same way. That's why he says, I'm sorry all the time because, well, it's a theory, but that's how my little one is. Um, when he's having a hard time feeling big emotions, you probably say, I'm sorry, hon. I know this is hard, right? Yeah, like validating his emotions. Yeah. You're, he's validating your emotions. He's like, mommy, I'm sorry your package didn't came. Yeah. Yesterday when I fell and I was crying and I was hurt, you said, I'm sorry, love, that you're hurt. You're not apologizing for what happened to him, but you're apologizing that he's having a hard time. Or not apologizing, but you're validating for yeah. what's going on with him. So, yeah. so it just comes out funny when he says it. I bet yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. So he's he's val he's very empathetic. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that. And and it's very important to me. You know, I, I still see this a lot that like little boys are just told like they fall, brush it off or like, no, like boys don't cry, blah, blah, blah. And like, for me, I want to honor his feelings, whether he's a boy or a girl, like, right. If doesn't matter to me what gender you are, like, I think it's important to let your kids feel their feelings, help guide them through their feelings. And never tell a kid to like brush it off or shake it off or don't cry yeah it's um it's so true the emotional intelligence is is something that is hard to grasp and understand what that means but it's the idea or not the idea but it's the the hope for our children to be able to voice their emotions feel their emotions learn how to regulate and find ways to be that that calm confident self after they have the emotions and knowing that they're allowed to have those emotions and not feel guilty for being upset or sad um and like you said it doesn't matter what gender anyone identifies as everyone has feelings and yeah. we are a generation where most suicides are men because i don't know because i don't want to claim that this is the number one reason but bottling up your feelings for your entire life because you were told as a child to not have those feelings can leave you desperate depressed and not knowing what to do with this internal feeling and it's unfortunately a lot of men 
that, you know, have those issues nowadays and um, not even knowing how to voice them and neither turns it right into anger and aggression, um, yelling and screaming instead of sitting and crying. Yeah. Seeing a man cry still is something like in a lot of people's eyes where it's just like, oh my God. It's not weak. It's not being weak. It's not being weak at all. And our children, they don't even have an idea of gender. Like our children are children. They, they're they just, you know, at, at a young age, they're just existing. Mm-hmm. And um, they need to have all those feelings and they need to be validated. I really want to look up like when kids understand like gender, uh, but it's, it's, them being allowed to feel that way and I had a mom comment the other day like I I I am showing my child empathy and I'm validating her feelings when she's having a tantrum or crying but it's just not working um and I asked so what do you mean with like not working I was really curious and she was like she still cries and it's like this is our thing like we think we need to fix our child's feelings or we need to shut them down because of our own feelings. Mm-hmm. So when we feel so triggered by our child crying, we want them to stop. Either we give them what they want or we yell and scream at them or send them away because we yeah. cannot handle their emotions. We, and that's what I mean with, we need to show up. We need to learn how to be so self-disciplined that we can hold space for our child's feeling. Yeah. And go through their feelings with them. And believe me, it's hard, especially when you already had a hard day and you just the noise already of like a screaming child can be even more triggering. Yeah. Learning how to sit with their emotions while you're sitting with yours is hard and it's, it's, it's really not easy. But if we diminish our child's feeling and make them stop with persuading them of, like here's what you want or you need to stop it always leaves them feeling of like oh what I'm doing right now is not good like they're working really hard for me to stop of what I'm doing right now why is that yeah so it's and and it's interesting because I think a lot of the parents that are more firm in their disciplining or parenting styles that do like spank or yell or whatever. Like if, if they saw how I do things, they probably look at me as like a weak parent <laughs> because like, you know, sometimes my toddler is throwing a tantrum or having a meltdown or whatever. And I stop and I offer him a hug and some affection, right? Whereas another parent might be like spanking their child at that point and looking at me like, why on earth are you now hugging your child? But often I find that after we have that embrace, that kind of regulates him and then we can have a conversation. Does that make sense? Yes. Kids who are offered love and connection most of the time are able to regulate earlier and and quicker over time. Um, Versus fear-based tactics. Versus fear-based because then this comes into like being scared. Oh my God, I'm crying now. I know what's going to happen next. And then they're just getting more and more anxious. And, um, yes, it's weird to see people to, like, if you go to Target with me and my child's having a hard time, I will sit on the ground with them. I sit anywhere as soon as my child says, 
a hard time, I sit down. Yeah. I meet them on their level. I get vulnerable. I'm here. I'm listening. I'm not trying to persuade my child with anything. And believe me, to get there was hard because I get triggered by screaming and crying because screaming was very normal in my household. So it was yeah. like my survival mode kicked in. I was like, I need to make this stop so I feel better. So this self-discipline, it's not patience. It's not like I have patience until you're done crying. No, no, I'm like self-disciplining to not give in to my trigger. Um, but in the end, this will help your child become the grown-up understands their emotion who's able to set boundaries who's able to be vulnerable to validate their emotions also say this is not going to slide with me because this makes me uncomfortable stop don't touch me yeah I don't want to go that far I'm confident in myself I do not need to please you right and a lot of times people think well that's rude your kid is going to be a brat that's why we raise snowflakes and brats because they are gonna say what they want to say. I love Gen Z, by the way. They're just like, no F fucks given. Sorry. They're just like, don't want it. Not going to do it. And we as millennials, we're yeah. like the gap in between boomers and Gen mm-hmm. Z's. And we're like, ah! yeah, it's an interesting, interesting yeah. place to be. <laughs> yeah how can you how can you be but I love you for doing it I wish I could but I I could never because we're raised by boomers who never let us and so we're rooting for Gen Z and we're like yeah yes there's so much relearning which is what reparenting is is learning your triggers you know how to how to heal those triggers I guess not be so triggered and yeah there's a quote that really sums this up that says it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken adults. Yeah. Repairing uh, broken adults takes a lot of time and money. <laughs> we even know what we're talking about, guys. I'm like, can I just direct bill my parents for all my therapy? <laughs> Kidding. No, it's so expensive. It's so true. But I love that the social media brings this um, opportunity with, with coaches and um, I had coaches in other ways and I'm just like, thank you. You know, thanks for giving me the opportunity to pick your brain on things I want to learn. And it's, um, yeah, it's definitely changing and a lot of more things are, are evolving. Not so much on Facebook. Facebook scares me, but it's, it's, it's the mindset of, I think a lot of us out here that will change whole generations to come and our lives mm-hmm. standing for the first time who I am who I want to be and not who I thought I am or should be to be good is very freeing yeah yeah I mean and it just takes one person in a family to put their foot down have the strength the courage sometimes the finances <laughs> the yeah. therapy right to to change that, to just say no and to break the cycle of, of generational trauma. And yeah, it takes one person. And like I said, that's, I, I read it somewhere that, you know, generational wealth is not just financial wealth. It is also, you know, how you're raised and, and behaviors and the mental health. Yeah. It's important. It is. And so if you are wondering how you can get your partner on gentle parenting, conscious parenting, you can't. I'm sorry to tell you, you can't. 
that is their own decision. You can't control them in doing something better, but you can control like always what you're going to do, how you're going to show up. And if you have had more of like a distant relationship with your parent as a child and you felt just like an inconvenience a lot of times or you just needed to do and be who you were told to be, I want you to think of that one person in your life who changed it all as soon as you saw them. Maybe that was your teacher. Maybe that was your grandma, your grandpa, your aunt, your uncle, your parents' best friend who saw you for who you were and loved you through that. Mm -hmm. So it just takes one person. Yeah, that's so true and beautiful. Let's do that though for our kids. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's make that happen. Yeah. And it's it's not about forming your child into like whatever you think they should be in this world, right? It is about like they are their own unique individual person, like with yes, some of your some of your genes and everything, but our job as parents and our role in their life journey is really to simply guide them along the way, teach them the best that we can and not like mold them into who we want them to be, just yeah. help them develop into who they already are. Yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. I love that. Okay. So I feel like that was a lot. Are we at an hour? I'm just glad you're here. I'm glad everyone who's listening is trying to make a change and I'm freaking proud of you. You're good enough. And let's just show up together every day over and over again. And be proud of ourselves because breaking cycles is hard. It's hard work. It's it's a lot. It, is. it really is. But it's it's for the greater good. Yep. And it's important work. It is. Thank you, Sandra, for having me. Sandra. Jolene. <laughs> so, okay, so tell the listeners where they can find you and about your courses and everything that you have going on for the rest of the year. Yes. So you can find me on at mindfulmess.mom on Instagram. There's also a link to my website. Um, if you struggle with setting boundaries and not knowing how to get your child to do what you want them to do, but are also kind of feeling icky of feeling like I need to get them to do what I want them to do. This boundary class will be for you. It's about how you don't have to repeat yourself 500 times, how to hold a boundary calm and confidently. This will happen on June 10th. Um, and also the base of conscious parenting is understanding your triggers, identifying them, understanding them and learn how to regulate. And I'm not talking only about breathing because when you're at a 12 out of 10, Breathing just literally helps you stay alive. Um, then Rage to Resilience might be the perfect fit for you. Also, if you're starting out on conscious parenting, everything builds up on that. Um, yeah, and you can find that on my website. I always love to chat. I answer all my DMs because I, as you can tell from this podcast, I like to talk and connect. So shoot me a DM. I'd love to see you there. Yes, I will link your Instagram handle and your website so that listeners can easily find you and all of your courses. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope this was an interesting topic. I hope you're walking away having learned something, feeling seen, validated, or understood. 
If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could scroll down on my podcast page, hit the rating, and if you have time, leave a quick review and of course, share it with your friends, with your partner, and subscribe so you don't miss all future episodes. I'll see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in. For more, follow along on Instagram at mybestmomfriend. I'll see you again next time.